Let's dive in. I want to uh, go ahead and continue this series, Travel Light, Travel Light. And if you missed last week, man, I think it's a message that connects with all of us. We talked about letting go of fear, and, and you can jump online or go to the website, and uh, man, a powerful testimony at the end about how God is changing lives, and last week we got to celebrate baptisms as well, but man, letting go of fear. You know, there's things in our life that, if we're all honest, we just hold on to for, for far too long, and I think sometimes we, at first, feel like, like they're manageable, but, but over time, they begin to just... Uh, become too heavy. And I think that's why we, we take things on in our life, because at first it feels like, you know what, I, I can do this. I've got this. And I think that's uh, uh, one of the ways that the enemy works. It, it, it's almost a lie in our life. And, and I think as, as I was thinking about the way we take things on, I was reminded of, well, so many families in our church who are uh, young and, and have new babies. And, you know, you, know you, you go hold a baby for a minute and it's no big deal. But isn't it amazing how an eight or 10 pound baby after about 30 minutes, you're looking for the next person, right? You know, thank you. I had my opportunity. I'm good. And you know, there's an appropriate time and season in a baby's life for it to be held. But let's think about my boys. You know, time goes so fast. They're eight, nine years old. And if I had walked in this morning with my nine-year-old son in my arms or over my back, you know, he's nine years old. He's close to 100 pounds. You'd... You'd look at me and you'd say, Wes, is he okay? Is is, is he okay? And if I told you that he was okay, you would look at me and say, Wes, are you okay? What what, what is wrong with you? Because there was an appropriate time for you to be carrying that. But nine years of carrying that isn't the way God designed it. God God gave him some feet and some legs for that boy to walk on his own. And I wonder how many of us carried something for maybe a season that felt okay, but have continued to carry something for years and years. And you wonder why you don't feel free because you're still trying to carry that 100-pound nine-year-old, you know, and, and, and feel like life is okay. And maybe for you that is fear, or maybe for you it's, it's, it's bitterness. And you're thinking right now about the person that you're going to spend time with over the, over the next 10 days. And you're working through some challenges and issues with family that you love, but there's pain from the past. Maybe for you it's failure in your life because, man, it, you saw that marriage being so perfect and it didn't wind up the way you had you'd hoped or dreamed. And in so many of us, we deal with failures and struggles or addictions in our life that we're holding on to that God wants to say, travel light, let go, let go. I hope this is relevant to your life this morning, but I want to talk for just a few minutes about letting go of stress. Letting go of stress. Hebrews 12 says this, and, and it was the key thought for last week. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I, I don't know what you're walking through, but I think this is an appropriate time for a message like this, because I think there's many of us that are they're carrying stress, maybe stress of the season, stress of life, maybe work, family, whatever's going on. You know, Jesus... And, and it's Luke 21, he's teaching, he's talking about the end times. I just want to point out one, one verse here from this passage, but he's talking about living in a way that, that is mindful of Jesus' return, of his return, of knowing that time is short. And he says this, he says, be careful not to let yourselves become occupied 
with too much feasting and drinking and kids' school concerts and work Christmas parties. Oh, no, he doesn't say that, does he? But I added it for fun. Drinking and, and, and with the worries of this life, or that day may suddenly catch you like a trap. He says, be careful not to become occupied or too occupied with the things of this life because the things of this life are temporary. And so often we let the stuff in our life get too close and it begins to consume us. Let me ask today, what in your life have you allowed too close to get in and steal your joy or rob you of your peace? I think it happens in our life like this. Number one, if you're taking notes, is we get overburdened. We get overwhelmed. Maybe it's stuff, maybe it's busyness, the pace of life. I, I was thinking about something that, that probably more than any other thing can wreak havoc in our life. I was thinking about our, our cell phones. As I was preparing the message this week, I was thinking about the, the way that our cell phones just, it can consume and control our lives. You know, sometimes where I just sit back and I wonder, God, did, did you... Did you, I mean, he knows the beginning from the end, but did you intend for mankind to consume this much content in such a short, short period of time? I mean, you think about what we have access to in our hands. We, we could be one minute buying something on Amazon and, and then buying something from Papa John's the next minute. And, and then on Instagram, you know, or Snapchat, you know, for all the students in the room, you're snapping away, man. I mean, or, or posting to our story or posting to our feed. The next minute we're on a business call, a make or break deal that could impact our family. The next second we're on Facebook seeing that somebody has cancer or that, that somebody passed away. All in a minute, we're consumed by so much information. He, I actually heard about three weeks ago. I, I, I read some information. It was actually from a 2017 study, but they said this, that on any given day, the average person will touch, swipe, or click their phone 2,600 times. 20 will touch, click, or swipe their phone 2,600 on average. And you say, well, man, man stats are way off. What if it was, what if it was half that? What if they were off and it's only 1,300? Think about the way we're consumed and overwhelmed just by this device. I, I, I read it and I thought, you know what, I'm going to just experiment to see how I do. And the next day I decided to, for a short window of time, a few hours, I actually turned my phone off. And here's what I found. I found that I was pulling out my phone to check my phone only to see a black screen I, five different times. Because I, I've become so used to checking it, you know, moment after moment, that even with my phone off and there's no ring or no notification, I'm still checking it. We're overwhelmed. We're overburdened by the things of this life. And here's what happens next. We get overburdened, but then we start to medicate. We start to medicate. I don't know how you are, but you know you have the days where Maybe it's two or three o'clock in the afternoon and it's gone so rough in that day that you'd, you're just ready to throw in the towel for the day. I mean, you, you get in the car at five or 5.30, you're heading home and you were supposed to have quality time with your family, but you've decided, uh, you know what, 
quality time tomorrow night with the family. Tonight, I'm hanging out with Netflix and my two good friends, Ben and Jerry. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just like, you're on. I mean, just, you're, you're binging. And all of us, all of us have one way or another where we, we oftentimes we medicate. I don't know how it is for you. I think sometimes for me it's food, overeating or too much sweets, just, just finding some safety and comfort in things that really don't satisfy. Maybe for you it is entertainment or maybe it's a drink or relationship or you're a workaholic or there's something in your life that if you're being honest, it leaves you empty, but it brings short-term relief. Short-term relief. Let me ask today. What is it in your life that is filling the empty space that you know only God can fill? What is filling the empty space that only God can fill? We medicate it. And here's what happens next. We feel stuck. We feel stuck. You know, so often I think that we, we, we love that verse from Lamentations. God, you know, your, your mercy is as new as the sunrise. Great is your faithfulness. And I think we, we all fall victim of this trap that tomorrow I'm going to start again. Tomorrow, you know, tomorrow's a new day. I'm going to begin again. i got to tell you, as much as tomorrow is a great opportunity, I believe God's mercy is not only new in the morning. God's, God's mercy is new right now. God wants to meet me right in the middle of my situation. He wants to give me a fresh start on Tuesday afternoon as much as he does on Sunday morning. He wants to walk in my now and give me grace for the season and situation and the emptiness I feel. And I think so often that's what stress does in our life. It wants to come in and rob us of joy, rob us of the vision and the plan that God has for our life. And maybe you've experienced this for yourself. I think about one of the great characters of the Old Testament, Nehemiah. God gave him a plan, a vision to go do something great for God. God put this passion in his heart to go rebuild the city of Jerusalem. Its walls were torn down. So God sends him a thousand miles back to Jerusalem. And against all odds and people who didn't believe in his dream, he made a decision, I'm going to do what God has put in my heart to do. But Nehemiah had some stress in his life, and they, they came in the form of two guys, Sanballat and Tobiah. Two guys that were ruthless and wanted nothing to do with Nehemiah's dream. And you see over and over in the book of Nehemiah, as you read, they come to him and say, Nehemiah, come on, why don't you just come down from the wall? Why don't we just get together and talk? And there was nothing good about what they wanted. They just wanted to stop God's plan for Nehemiah's life. And I love it comes to the end of the story in Nehemiah chapter 6. And he looks, he looks down at those two knuckleheads and he says this. He says, I'm doing a great work and I'm not coming down from the wall. I'm doing a great work. I'm not coming down from the wall. Can I tell you this? Every time there's great opportunity in our life, there will always be great opposition. There, there's never a victory without an enemy. Isn't it amazing? As soon as you go on a diet, you walk into Publix, I mean, the Bogo Oreos are right there in the front. I mean, every time there's an opportunity, there's always opposition. I don't know what's ahead of you. I don't know what the enemy is trying to do to destroy your life. I don't know the stress that's trying to pull you down, but I believe we need to make a decision this morning. I'm not coming down from the wall. Listen, my marriage isn't maybe the way that I want it to be, but I'm not coming down from the wall. My kids, they're not serving God like I want them to serve God, but I'm going to keep being the man and the woman of God that he's called me to be. I'm doing a good work, and I'm not coming down from the wall. Can somebody at Bay Chapel say amen this morning? 
I'm not coming down. I'm not coming down. And stress is doing everything it can to destroy and kill the plan and the will of God in your life and in our life. we got to make a decision. If God be for me, who can be against me? I'm going to decide, just as Jesus said in Matthew 6, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto me. I'm going to put God first. I'm going to set my priorities in place and get the right perspective in my life. I want to give us three prayers that will help us do that. It will say no to stress and say yes to everything that God has for us. Number one is this. God, give me self-control. God, give me self-control. Here's how stress works in our life and how it manifests itself. Stress happens because I allow things that aren't important to get too close to my heart. Stress is anything in my life that's insignificant that I allow to get too close. I was, I was gonna share an illustration, I, and I wanna use a penny, and I just realized I don't, who's got a penny in that? In anybody got a penny? We don't carry money around with us anymore, do we? Who, does anybody at Bay Chapel? Awesome, man, uh, let, me, let me grab that penny. We have a free family Christmas picture just for you today for, for that penny. I appreciate it. Man, that guy right there had to drive all the way to Georgia to bring me a, a sermon illustration, man. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, it's so insignificant. Just, I mean, that further added to my illustration is so perfect. Hardly anybody in the room has one of these. It's, it's just a penny. My, I thought about this this week. My nanny, she went to be with Jesus, my grandmother. She went to be with Jesus last year. She grew up poor, simple lady, went through the Great Depression. I'll never forget, every time we'd walk out of a store, I mean, her head would be down looking everywhere to see where she could find a penny. Every once in a while, I'll just throw a penny on the sidewalk and say, Nanny, I'm thinking about you. You know, I mean, I mean my, my, she loved, and she was the most special thing to her every time she would find a penny. But think about how insignificant this, I mean, let's just compare for a second, this penny versus the sun. I mean, two, two crazy polar opposite things. This is so insignificant. And the sun's so big, so brilliant. I mean, it's hard to even fathom its greatness and its power. Brings heat and light and strength. I mean, we've, now we have the power through solar energy to bring electricity to buildings through the sun. Think about this. This penny, this represents all the small, insignificant, some empty things in my life. It could be money, but it could be a lot of other things. It's insignificant, but this penny, if I get it close enough to my eye, has the power to keep out all the sunlight. Something so small and so insignificant, if I let it get close enough, It can keep out the most important, biggest things in my life. What are you saying, Wes? Here's what I'm saying. Stress happens when I let the little things in my life get way too close. You know why? Because I stop seeing the promise that God has for me, and I start seeing the problem in front of me. I I start seeing my stress instead of seeing the sun. 
And some of us, we're walking around and all we see is the stress of life instead of the goodness of God in our life. Hey, listen, I don't know what you're walking through, but you got up today. There's breath in your lungs. You get a second chance. We have a new start and fresh mercy and new grace for today. Why don't we walk in the goodness and grace of God? And Why don't we step away from our stress, step away from the empty things of this life, and say yes to the goodness and the great things that God has for us? Can somebody say amen in the room? Do you believe it this morning? Here's what Proverbs 25 says. It says, like a city whose walls are broken down is a person who lacks self-control. It's a person who lacks self-control. Oftentimes, it's the things that I refuse to walk away from. That's the place that I stop growing. What, what is God saying you need, to, you need less of? You need, you need to step away from. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a substance, something in your life. God, give us self-control. Proverbs 4.23 reminds us this. More than anything you guard, protect your mind, for life flows through it. Proverbs 23, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Romans 12.2. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. God, give us self-control. Number two is this. God, give me a heart of surrender. What, what is a heart of surrender? It, it's simply saying this, God, when I don't understand it and I don't know how it's going to work out, I want your will above my will. I want to obey you. And even though I don't get it and I don't understand your ways because they're higher than my ways, I still believe it's the best way for my life. God, give me a heart of surrender to trust you to believe you know what's best. It's like a couple nights ago, we decided after eating dinner at home, I had a little gift card and we made a last minute run on Friday night to Twisty Treat. I love me some Twisty Treat, everybody. You can get in trouble at Twisty Treat. <laughs> we went through the drive-thru and Jen ordered, she got one of these little, you know, blizzards or whatever they call them, you know, with the cookie dough and the, the twirl. Yeah, that's what they call it. And, and that was good. I got the little dip, you know, uh, Sunday, and my boys in the back, what do you guys want? Caden says, I want a medium waffle cone with strawberry ice cream. Ben, what do you want? I want a medium waffle cone with strawberry ice cream. Got wanted the same thing, and so I got up to the window, and I ordered Jen's twirl. I ordered my dip Sunday. And then I said, I, I want two Kids cones with strawberry ice cream. Caden waited a minute. And I heard her from the back. So he said, Dad, I don't know if you heard me right. <laughs> he said, I wanted a medium cone with strawberry ice cream. I said, oh, I heard you just fine, buddy. I heard you just fine. He said, I, 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 I know what you wanted, but I got you what was best for you because I want you to go to sleep in an hour. <laughs> you know, I think it, it was funny. As I was sitting in that line, in the twi it's amazing how God speaks to me in the most random moments. It was like God just dropped a word for you today right there at Twisty Treat. He, it, it was like he said, Wes, so often you ask me for stuff. And I filter it because I know what you need. 
And the way it shows up in your life might not be the exact way you asked for it, but you're going to get exactly what you can handle because I know you might not you might not need and you might not be able to handle the medium waffle cone at 8.30 at night. So I'm going to give you what you need. And some of us, we live with the disappointment of feeling like, God, why didn't this go the way I'd hoped? Why didn't it all work out? And God's saying this, it's going exactly according to my plan. I think that's the way Mary felt as she was planning her wedding and thinking about the dream of being married to Joseph when all of a sudden an angel showed up and turned her world upside down. It wasn't the way she expected. It wasn't the way she dreamt it. It wasn't the way she, she hoped, but it was God's plan. And it's one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. Luke, look with me. It says this in verse 35. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and the power of God shall overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy, the son of God. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. If somebody needs to underline this, note card it, keep it in front of you this week. And I am willing to do whatever he wants. Surrender, surrender, surrender. Making the decision to say, God, I don't know how it's all gonna work out, but if it's what you want, that's the road I wanna go down. That, that's the plan I want. God, I know what I want, but Jesus, you know what is best for my life. Psalm 37 says this, surrender yourself to the Lord and wait patiently for him. Trust that he's faithful, that he's good. And number three, as we close today, God, help me to trust your timing. Not only help me to trust your plan, but help me to trust your timing. I think sometimes we get overwhelmed with stress because things don't happen as quickly as we hoped. I mean, we believe in God for his goodness and his faithfulness in our life, but when the healing doesn't happen as quick or the miracle doesn't go like we prayed for it to, we begin to question God's faithfulness. I'm reminded of what Isaiah says that in, in chapter 30. He says, As the sovereign Lord says to the people, come back and quietly trust in me. Then you will be strong and secure. Look, he says, but you refuse to do it. You, you know what he's saying? You're settling for your own way. You, you keep settling for your plan for your life. I'm telling you, come in. There's safety. There's security. I know it doesn't always feel the best, but there's, there's peace here. But you refuse to do it. He goes on. He says this, because God is so good, yet the Lord is waiting to be merciful to you. He is ready to take pity on you because he always does what is right. Happy are those who put their trust in the Lord. Maybe that's the season that you find yourself in. You're stressed because you're trying to make it all work out. Man, you're trying to get the puzzle pieces to fit right. And maybe you're overwhelmed. Maybe you've been overwhelmed this week because you've just been too busy. Man, just chasing one thing after the next or the season of your life, you just don't feel like you can get ahead. God is saying, trust me, know that I'm good. That's what he did for one family in our church who was struggling. There was a situation in their life that they were just feeling like, God, have, you, have we missed you? Have we done something wrong? And uh, 
God showed up in a supernatural way in their home, and we shared their testimony. And here just, uh, we did their video just a couple of weeks ago, and I just want to share that with you. This is the testimony of William and Brittany. Why don't you check this out? So I'm not thinking correctly. <laughs> my name is Brittany Guevara, and my husband William and I have been coming to Bay Chapel for about two years now. I know Pastor Wes is gonna be watching me too. Oh my God! Tell him to go away. Pastor Wes, go away. <laughs> yeah. My husband and I got married in 2016. We always knew we wanted to have kids, so we decided, hey, you know, we're gonna go ahead and let, let's give it a try. Let's go ahead and start trying to have kids. About six months in. Nothing was happening. <laughs> so Will and I were talking and I said, you know, maybe we need to deliver this to God and, and let him know this is something that we really want. Fast forward to a year later, nothing had happened. I remember at that point just feeling completely defeated, discouraged, and I had just broke down crying and I said, that's it, I'm done. I'm not gonna try anymore. I don't, I don't wanna feel discouraged anymore and disappointed that this isn't happening for us. And then that next month, Mama C was doing a sermon on labels. Maybe you've worn some of these. This is one I wore in third grade. It says stupid. She was talking about how over our, you know, our lifetime, we tend to label ourselves something. I remember seeing her tear off the labels and that was her symbolizing that God had told her you aren't those things those don't define you that's not who I created you to be I heard God whisper to me in that moment and he said Brittany do you realize that you've been labeling yourself as infertile I felt like he was telling me but you're not and you need to tear off your label too and so I tore off that label and I left it there at the cross with God. Uh. And then five days later, I found out that I was pregnant. And little did I know that that day when I was sitting there, I was already pregnant and I didn't even know. Harper. <laughs> Say hello to everybody. The biggest thing that's helped me get through this past season is knowing that there's joy at the end of every battle and that even though God may not answer you right away, that he's still working behind the scenes on your behalf. Bay Chapel is a great place for a new start. Serve a great God, amen? Man, I don't know how that resonates with you, but I know there's, there's people this morning that have walked in the room just feeling like, God, do you see me? Do you know me? Do you care? God's word for you, Bay Chapel, this morning, for us, is trust me. Trust me. 
let, let go of the stuff you can't control and go ahead and surrender because I'm faithful and I'm good and I see you, I know you, and I love you. If you believe it this morning, would you say amen? amen. amen. Why don't you just bow your heads as we close?